I grew up, a fucking screw up Tie my shoe up, wish they was newer Damn, need something newer In love with the baddest girl in the city I wish I knew her I wish I won't so shy Wish I was a bit more fly I wish that I could tell her how I really feel inside That I'm the perfect nigga for her But then maybe that's a lie She like a certain type of nigga And it's clear I'm not that guy Ball player, star player I'm just watching from the side On the bench Cause my lack of confidence won't let me fly I ain't grow up with my father I ain't thinking about that now Fast forward four years or so from now I'll probably cry When I realize what I miss But as of now my eyes are dry Cause I'm trying to stay alive In a city where too many niggas die Dreaming quiet, trying to to die to suit and tie. Who am I? Hey, who am I? Yeah. What it do? You've opened up your pages to another week in the book again. I got a new one. Mo, <laughs> what up? What's good with y'all, man? It's chapter six, man. Chapter <laughs> six, man. You opened up your podcast to another great chapter. Yes, sir. In the feed, man, we kind of jazzed it up a little bit, really leaning into this book thing. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to be here for another podcast, man. How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling good, man. I'm I'm loving the, as you said, the feedback, uh, and I'm just loving how I I feel when we leave these podcasts because I genuinely leave with something and I genuinely think about things after we do this, and I think that that speaks volumes to the power of podcasting. That's what this for, man. When people yeah. ask and we start blowing up and making those rounds and they say, well, why did you start this podcast? It wasn't really to talk about hip hop. It wasn't really to talk about sports. It was just to be black men and have conversations <laughs> about stuff that we really usually don't get to talk about and have people gravitate towards that. Be open, be real with each other, disagree, agree, have fun, all of that shit, man. So I'm Absolutely. happy to be a part of another week in the books. Hope you guys are too. If you are, rate, subscribe. Like we still need that stuff. We still asking for it, man. We rolling out some marketing here soon, so you're gonna see the presence. But in the meantime, let us know what you think on mm-hmm. the podcast feed. Send us some emails with the feedback, all the good stuff that you do to support your favorite podcast. And man, that's very well said. And we need y'all. Like we know us as black people, we don't we don't always get active. Uh, you know, a lot of us don't vote. A lot of us don't get involved and get up off our couch to get involved but man y'all get hey man it's a press of a button on the phone man so go ahead hit that subscribe like you said man and leave some comments man interact with us man we love y'all we got appreciation for life out here and uh, shout out to our black women man back speaking of black women and shouting out them the week's episode theme is insecurities song man you've been getting a lot of good feedback on the songs you're picking man a nigga hit me up this week he said what <laughs> I know a nigga from the pod when he started to pod off with the uh, James Brown. It's a man's world. Boy. I know it's a, it's a pod coming. Yes, sir. Right, so good job on that. What made you decide to track for this week? Um, you you talking about last week? Oh, that's on hard. They listen to on the way in. That one of my favorite J Cole songs. Oh, oh, the which one we talking about? The old three adolescents or the adolescents? Absolutely. Uh, well, it's still kind of a it's still up it's still a little toss up because there's. Oh, you don't know you play that yet, so. I don't even know. That's it's gonna be a surprise to both of us when, when we get done. But it still may be the old three adolescent. But I will tell you that when I sent that to you, I related to that a lot um, because okay. what he's referring to in that first verse, like just and it, it ties into our topic, of course, insecurities and low confidence and, and uh, just like low, not having the quite the right value for yourself. Like 
when I heard that song, I was like, damn, like he was just nailing it because it was like you you just know deep inside you got so much potential if somebody give you the chance. But you might not necessarily have the resources at the moment. Like you ain't got the gear yet. You ain't got the kicks yet. You ain't got the you know, what I mean, you ain't really you ain't really got there yet. But, you know, if you get that opportunity, you're going to kick down the door. You know, what I mean, and, and, mm. and he, he was referring to a woman. But I just look at that as as life itself. But at the same time, people don't give you handouts. <laughs> That 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 album, that project, when J. Cole got in that bag of Mm-mm. 2014 Forest Hills Drive, the vulnerability is what made him, at that point in time, my favorite rapper. Kendrick mm-hmm. has surpassed him. Uh, just from I, I, I like his topics and his subjects more. Not to say that J. Cole hasn't been doing his job since the 2014, but just mm-hmm. that album specifically. Mm-hmm. Also having like a single mother and, and you know having those mm-hmm. type of things coming up, man, that album really resonated with me. I think that's one of the best albums over the last 20 years, like undoubtedly so. I agree. Like, me. I agree. He was in his bag to be able to go from J. Cole to Jermaine Cole that we know now. Like it took a lot of risk. Oh yeah, could have went the other way and tried to be something else, and that shit may not have worked for him. So shout out to him, man. Yeah, man. Not shout being out. real, uh, not being insecure about making that change in his life, and we will get to how that happens. Oh yes. Once we start talking about the insecurity, but we got some off deck stuff. Oh yeah, but I will say this right before we get into the off deck, man. That uh, uh love yours. <sighs> mm, that's God, bro. Absolutely. Man, when I, I heard get to that point, man, it's, bro, it's a great song, but it's hard uh, to like really process oh yeah. that shit. Oh yeah, and at that time, I was uh, me and my wife. We were getting ready to move into this house, our first house to rent. Like we was excited. She was she was pregnant at the time, and we was excited. We got to move into the house, and we got to see it. We was like, oh man, and I hear we like, yo, we coming up. We getting out this apartment. We moving into like a house. It's got an attic. It's got a nigga. It's got an island, and the week like I think maybe the a day or two before they basically said well the tenant signed uh, a month to month nigga our whole house was boxed up so you telling me they said well they already had our deposit so it was a miscommunication between the landlord and the agent and the family so we ended up basically having to move in with her dad now and so at that time it's, it's really hard to be a man and live under another man's roof and bro, and it, family, not yeah. dolo, not yeah. just dolo either, nigga. With yeah. your wife, you know, like, right? And that, and 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 we we were tight and everything, but this, you gotta still mind you, that's her family, right? You know what I mean? Oh, so really it's like the outside. Oh yeah, so it's at that time, like I was just really down about shit. Like I felt, I took it, I took it hard, like as a man, even though it wasn't my fault. And so when that, when I got to that cold album. I remember it was just kids they was running around doing the most and I kept trying to listen to this damn album I'm like man like ah uh, and then I finally got around to like finishing up and when I got to that love yours and that that slow piano came on oh my gosh bro then it just it it really was a a, a stress reliever for me to just have appreciation and I look back now and I'm like it was necessary because there was a lot of clarity I got living there and also um just having that type of help uh, when our daughter was born because uh, she she had a difficult pregnancy and I had to do a lot of the leg work on working and running her to the uh, hospital and stuff so when that love yours came out it was definitely a game changer man so shouts out to Cole like you said 2014 for us it's uh, certain songs man that are just like <laughs> soundtracks to your life right oh yeah 
Like you, did you find yourself like with them on repeat for some reason? Like it just specifically when you was going through something that shit hit perfect for me. Mm-hmm. It's the intro to that to that album. Mm-hmm. I find myself with that one on repeat a lot. But lately, and since his passing, just how it impacted me was um and has been to this day. Still, I listen to this song like every day at least twice, and that's um Blue Laces too, Nipsey. Mm-hmm. Like the the second verse. On that song, to me, just like it, it epitomizes. It's, it's sad and it's great. Yeah. It's sad in the sense of I saw the vision in that verse of everything mm-hmm. that he was trying to do, what mm-hmm. he was laying out, who he was, who Nipsey Hussle was aiming to be, mm-hmm. and him not making it to that. So it's sad in that sense, but also it's similar to how I see my vision and dreams and, and the things that I want to do from a business standpoint. So. It's one of those things. It's like a bittersweet song for me. Like so, mm. Blue, Laces, Blue Laces too is similar to that for me, just with everything that surrounds it. So, yeah. And that album is crazy. But I was listening. Most influential West Coast albums. Oh yes! Shouts out to the the recent on deck episode too. <laughs> um, like but I, oh yeah, David Banner story, man. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my! So. Bro, I think I remember y'all talking about Revolt some years ago. Yeah, um, yeah. Going to every year, which is really dope on y'all end for from a journalistic standpoint. Like that's that's dope. Yeah. Like y'all y'all going setting yourself up for a possibility for some kind of opportunity. No guarantees, but the fact. But this is an investment, and y'all are spending y'all money getting to wherever the location is being held at. Just for the possibility of an opportunity And I respect that to the highest I'm like that's what you do You gotta get involved You gotta get out there And believe in what you're trying to accomplish So I But anyway um, Bro that shit was amazing No we got I me mean, We can get there Like that shit was amazing I know we talked about it too On the mm-hmm. podcast The On Deck TV show So if you listen to that You probably remember But like you said Just speaking to the experience The thought process That Animal Brown and I had Was like you said When we do this we want to get here in a mix. I know tell them who we may meet or what we may come across. And we did that for three years straight. We seen Travis Scott perform before he was nobody. Like, well, he wasn't a nobody, but like it was 15 people that he throwing water in the crowd. Like you can walk up and touch him. Like literally what you can't do now. And all of those people, like you said, we met Ty Tax. Uh, it was a good podcast. He was out there. We met him. Got to talk to him for a little bit. Now, really? Uh, Absolutely, Nori and him, uh, DJ EFN, when they first started their podcast, and they hold it at the Mountain Blue Hotel. So you just have people are just walking around, mm-hmm. like with the exception of maybe someone like Puff, like he gonna have like five. It's Puff, you know how Puff gonna move through. Yeah. So he whisking through, but that was really it. Everybody else saw they was just outside, like Buster Rhymes almost got to fighting with some niggas one year because they was disrespecting him. Uh, <laughs> The guy, uh, he's passed now. Puffs man, Harvey. He told us like I know AB approached him. He was like, "Hey man, we do this, that, and the third And he told us, "He's like, man, y'all was making moves. I know who y'all were." And we got oh. took that to heart, absolutely. And he was telling us about Kenny Burns and Kenny Burns, a man in Atlanta. If he don't know y'all, then I, we didn't take that as a slight. Well, Animal Brown did then, <laughs> but, but I was told him, and he's gotten to that point now where it was like, well, okay, he gave us a checkpoint. We know what we need to check for, who we need to be looking for and impressing. Um, so it's a lot of good stuff that came from there, man. We met some some people down there from Miami. Uh, the last time we went, it was a native there. 
craziest shit in the world, bro. I don't know who this lady is. But we met her at the Fountain Blue there. And either... You know how some people just give you the vibe like, you know they not struggling. They not really wanting for nothing. <laughs> and she didn't... And I ain't talking about no baddie or no... This wasn't no IG model. This chick looked like your aunt, bro. Like, just your regular little chick with braids from Miami. But she knew everybody, dude. Like, she could get... For some reason, she gravitated to us, and we were talking and chilling. We went and got wings and shit. She showed us the local spots in Miami, but, like, all the little Miami local celebrities that could give her access to rooms and wristbands and stuff that we was just down there wasn't really having access to. She's like, oh, I got three wristbands. Here y'all go. Come on, let's go. Well, oh, I played a, um, who, somebody, uh, Rick Ross, somebody was having a boat party. It's over here. Let's go see. Can't we get on the boat? We went over there, chill on outside where the yacht was for a couple minutes it's like you said just the experience the journalistic aspect of having a podcast and going out there and being in that the david band experience of course if you don't listen to the show i talked to him and i was a big david matter friend like with 100 percent and like we were saying <laughs> on the show i don't listen to his music though. i've never been a fan of his music beats yes but never been a fan of listening to his music and i told him that and he kind of looked and he processed it And I talked about it on the show He wasn't mad though He was like niggas, At least a nigga kept it real Like fanning out In that sense He mm-hmm. coming up to me On some shit that I talk about Or say or believe in So he kind of processed And he was cool with it But he still told me To check out his album Which was funny um, Angela Yee She's down there chilling People come up Just talk to her And you know mm. Hey how's it going So She looked better in person ex- Yeah she fine <laughs> way yeah, okay. All right. I, I just had to TV know that. Don't do her no justice. Okay. Morning, but, but TV don't do her really no justice. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it was just an experience in the hotel that's had. It's in Miami. They've moved it since to Atlanta. It's, it's oh, okay. I, I haven't even checked it out because it was just the Miami vibe. It was a getaway, a vacation. Like Animal Brown and I, that did a lot for us as podcasters and experience and stuff that we just. Saw it there, picked up on, and got to do it. It was really dope. We you know seen, what? One year we seen um, it was Angela Yee and I, I, I can't remember. It was somebody the year before they blew up. We were in the, the strip club called the Office down there. It may have been Cardi. I can't remember now, but that shit was that shit used to be dope, man. It was really dope. Well, hopefully, um, hopefully we'll be able to have the same opportunities and and, and create. Some newer opportunities with it's another week in the books. Yeah, it's um, in September here in uh, Atlanta, man. Come up to it, we can go check it out. Yeah, we're gonna have to do something, and I think that you know, as we continue to lock in our brand, what you say? Absolutely. One last story about it. Uh, the first year we went, we weren't knowing what to expect with it, so it was normal like t-shirt, jeans, and whatever it may be. Miami weather, but. The second year, the second year we went, we had this bright idea of like, okay, well, I mean, we want to be taken serious, so we're gonna throw on like a little blazer, a little nice shirt, you know, like dress it up. You can see how I look out here with that. <laughs> and to our surprise, going into it, I thought it was a good idea. Day of kind of backed out, didn't do the full suit thing, rocked some jeans or whatnot, but. One of the comments, and I'll never forget this. <laughs> Me and AB was hopping out the whip, booted and suited up. But like I said, nigga said, man, a nigga. 
He said, man, I don't know who y'all niggas is, man, but y'all look important to the motherfucker, man. I'm finna roll with y'all for the next life. Really? <laughs> like, I, I swear to God, he said that. Well, when we have AB on here to talk about it, he came up to us like out of the blue and said, he like, man, I don't know who y'all niggas is, man, but y'all just sitting here like y'all got it. Y'all look like y'all got it. So what, what, what car was y'all? trying to figure out it wasn't even the car we was inside the hotel it was just what we had on i was just in the walk up to it we noticed him on the walk up walking in the lobby not getting out of the wheel y'all you said you you kind of backed out so you did like the blazer jean dress shoe thing yeah the old nasty white man i hate the i hate the blazer jean combo right it, that's, that's a nasty watch that is like your that show like I'm still like, That's your boss Trying to be casual At work and shit Yeah man It's like it's you are not Casual real, at all <laughs> Real unauthentic look It just don't, It just screams yeah. Like poser Like I'm trying to be Something about Fake and poor ass nigga Yeah <laughs> The jeans and blazers Look at my belt ass nigga Some niggas can put it off though. Some yeah. niggas that got Real look, good style Can put it off Me I'm give me my You can probably do With the black jeans You can do with the black jeans Cause they kinda pass Like blazers a little bit Maybe some brunch boots as niggas like to wear. I, I ain't doing that though. You ain't gonna do that. <laughs> Never catch me at no brunch boots. Damn, <laughs> no brunch boots for Spike. No sir. <laughs> but now nah, that Even I mean, at the Michael Rubin white party, ain't no brunch boots for me. Oh my god! Speaking of Michael Rubin, so the off that question, you guys were speaking about an event that he was having. Was it a birthday party? Uh, it was the twenty. Well, no, nah, it was just the Fourth of July. White oh, just party. a okay. So fourth. Celebrating independence. Okay. <laughs> See, we were trying to go with that, so I cleaned it up. Yeah, we just celebrating independence uh-huh. it's off day. <laughs> we, we so, <laughs> so, Michael Rubin, um, guy with a lot of money. I don't know that much about this nigga. I've heard his name. Michael Rubin started Fantastics, which is with the, you see those big stick, up, stick heads, the big things you put on your walls of the athletes. I like the like fat heads. It's not a post fat that his company oh. created those. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. And he's a ten percent owner in uh the Sixers, but he just sold that stake. So he's a successful entrepreneur, philanthropist. Right. Shouts out to him, man. Shouts out to Michael yes. Rubin. But he had this 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 he's white, white pa- he's a white guy. He had this party. He had he had some blacks. Some other races. Everybody there. in the industry. Some blacks <laughs> is being modest. All the A-listers were there. <laughs> All of the A-listers were there. The A-listers were there. Um, some some specific standouts that I just want to bring up that you guys were referring to. Drake, Meek, and yep. Lil Baby, along with some other people there. You guys had talked about should they have performed there or not. I, my question is, <laughs> my question is, first off, was that even necessary? <laughs> was that, that, necessary? That, 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 that's my first thing. Before I get all the way into it, like, was that even necessary for them to to do that, like to perform at this this Fourth of July party with all these people here? Is that was that even needed? Did they have to do this? Have to. And want to, I think, are different in this scenario. You got a billionaire friend having a party and everybody's here. You can shed more light than this and me from your previous history as an artist. 
Okay. Because we've talked about this before, even with like I can tie this into we wanted to use faces versus not using faces on this podcast cover, and this kind of ties into that. Okay. I feel like, and I'm not a rapper, that in certain events, scenarios, the kickback or whatever, as a rapper, you got, and I'm I'm gonna put you in a rap category. I'm okay. just gonna call you a rapper. Right? Okay. You told me that. <laughs> You're taking me you back now, bro. Like, yeah, you guys <laughs> feel like that you have to put on a show. Like it's about you. Am okay. I wrong or right? Okay, if I'm just gonna be like, your stereotypical, isn't that what you signed up for as a rapper? I'm thinking. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think that it's rooted in that. I want to rock the room. I want to impress my peers in here. Right. Uh-huh. Which I ain't mad at that. But when we talking about Spike Lou, to me, that seems like work. And if I'm Lil Baby, if I'm Drake, if I'm Meek Mill, I make too much money to be performing at Michael Rubin's white party. Like mm-hmm. BT Awards, and, and I put this in the group chat when I saw it, and they swore to God that I was reaching. Oh, here goes Spike Lou with his black man conspiracy shit of all of this, the Kyrie mm-hmm. version. I put it in the group chat, and that was the response that I got. I said, well, why, like you just asked, why was it necessary for Drake to grab the mic and do Sticky or Lil Baby to do his latest single or Meek to rock it or Uzi to break dance? I ain't saying anything's wrong with it, but just last week, and this is not a shot at BET, they had a show, Big Production, one of the most prominent names in our culture. They probably couldn't have paid Lil Baby to come. Mm. They couldn't have paid Drake to be in there. Mm-mm-mm. They couldn't have paid Hove or Beyonce to come watch fireworks <laughs> at the BET. Yeah. Y- y'all just wouldn't have been able to do that. So it has something to do with social status as far as Ruben being in a place that they want to be in versus BET just being something they feel like they've already conquered. Do you think you, that that has something to do with it? Again, it goes back to what we were talking about last week where it's like y'all still are putting certain people in certain certain events on a level of prestige versus others and those are predominantly not black this scenario what make what it makes me even but think stop of. right there though but yeah. stops right there yeah. why because you asked an important question okay. and i think that we could get to the bottom of okay if i'm drake why is it important for me to grab the mic and rock sticky at the michael rubin party it ain't no fans here Mm-hmm. Nobody may ever see this footage. Right. So what does this do for my brand? Why am I putting like I make a million dollars a show probably? So for this mm-hmm. five eight minute performance, we talking about two hundred fifty thousand, three hundred thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. I'm giving that away for free at this party of my peers. Why would I do that? I feel like, bro, it ties into the subject. I think there's a a level of insecurity there, and the reason that is is because it's like, oh, I don't have nothing else to offer, so let me just grab the mic. I, I I got a successful label, but I, I but I can't present it in a certain way. So let me just rap. I, I I'm a businessman. I got I got investments in restaurants and investments in clothing and my own brand. But uh, but let me just rap. Mm. To me, it feels like that's what it feels like. It's like as big as Drake is. I'm not grabbing a mic, bro. And it, and I brought up and I I put here in the notes. It reminds me of the sorry to bother you moment with oh, Lakeith Stanfield. Tell me what you mean. With you know what movie I'm talking about? 
I know what movie you talking about, 100%. When a nigga was making his Martin's way up. one of the worst endings to a movie. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. There's a moment when this nigga, would, like, he was coming up. You know, yeah. they they had our man uh, Ghost in there. Yeah, I'm calling him Ghost. Nah, he, I forgot he was in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, so he's coming up and everything. And they like, hey, man, yeah, no, come on, man. We know you can rap. Just rap, man. And, and he was like, I, I can't rap. I'm telling you, I'm terrible. <laughs> And this nigga gets up there and says, nigga shit, nigga shit, nigga, nigga, nigga shit. Then everybody say, nigga shit. To me, that's what this feels like. Nigga shit. I'm not performing anything. Nigga, I'm with the all white blazer. Nigga with the clean, don't get a stain on me. My drink and my arm is extended, so I don't get a stain on me. And nigga, I ain't performing nothing. Like, I don't, un- why? I'm offended, you, honestly. I, I would be offended if it yeah. was a microphone. Like, you I don't mean, think I'm fresh, bro? You know how much your shirt costs, nigga? Dog, dog, like you seen wh- these shoes, man? Like that's that would be my response. But go ahead. And it's like I don't. What? And I'm like, what? What? What am I hoping to get accomplished here? Yeah, you guys are already on. People already know your music. So it's the increasing of the profile, and where you're going with hip hop music. Drake making dance albums. I don't know if this is true or not. Khaled mm. rumored to having a gospel album coming out. Kanye going gospel. Guys, what Cali people stop. are doing is venturing away from hip hop because they see that they're as big as hip hop is and as much money as there is there. There's a lot more money outside of this, outside of hip hop. If my brand is bigger, if my exposure is bigger. So, yo, there may not be fans in here, but Michael Rubin is in here. His mm-hmm. friends are in here. People mm-hmm. with big pocketbooks for investment. So maybe if I impress them and rock the room and they have an experience in here, mm-hmm. that can go to me getting a business deal. But they underrate. Yeah, but you don't get the bag. Also, I kind of agree with what like I get it. I, I said all that to say I understand it. I get mm-hmm. it. It makes sense in a certain scenario mm-hmm. but i also think that it devalues you as well because just like it may have a big like drake may get a hundred million dollar deal from just being at that party but it yeah. wasn't because he grabbed the microphone right. Right? right it wasn't because he went and rapped 16 same with me or whoever was there and rapped mm-hmm. i'm not criticizing what they done i just think the most important question like you said and what i would be really inquisitive about and to know is like why would you do that bro yeah like you can get the deal in having a conversation the reason you at the party is because who you are who you are you mm-hmm. in the room mm-hmm. i ain't gotta go i ain't gotta do sticky for a motherfucker to start talking to me jay I'm ain't drinking. doing that jay ain't doing it no i'm here like jay i'm here rest in peace if nipples here he ain't, he ain't doing this. that i don't I think he would i think he'd be i i, I think he would. Gotti was there yo Gotti didn't do it yeah, like, but that's I what I'm saying. Even from his sense, like, yo, God, I'm looking ha- at him I'm like, I have rappers, my nigga. I got a roster full of rappers. Yeah, I can nah, call I'm, money back. Yo, up in a rap. Now, y'all keep the mic. Rap. Let's talk about yeah. business. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I, I mean? Could, I could, I met yo, God. I've had conversations with him or been in a room with him listening to his business, man. I couldn't see him grabbing that microphone. Yeah, I couldn't see yo, God, being like, yo, let me do a uh, five star chick. Nigga, are you serious? What about Ross? No. Ross might give you some sauce up there. He, he going to find so? out a way to get some money out of it and make it funny and make it a Rick Ross moment. But no, I don't think you get that from Ross either. Yeah, that I nigga might give you one up uh, and right. then let and the mic in the, yeah. There's certain people that understand the value that they bring to the table. And while Drake is as big as a star as he is, mm-hmm. 
I do think that maybe sometimes he struggles with understanding the value that he brings to the table. Yeah. Hence him grabbing a mic here. Yeah. And, and anyone I, else would have a problem. Like, I, I'm, listen, bro, if they had a podcast festival and nigga was like, hey, man, Spike Lewis, come up here and give us two, three minutes, man, of just what you've been thinking. And, you know, <laughs> just want, man, bro, I'm not nowhere near as big as Drake and you. Yeah. Me. I'm not doing that, bro. This, I take yeah. this shit serious. You're not going to get me on the spot to be like, oh, well, I'm going to show these niggas that I can podcast and give them something off the dome. Or just get one of your topics that people like to hear you talk about. Hey, man, give us five minutes on nipsey no mm -hmm. wouldn't do it i just wouldn't do that mm -hmm. especially in that setting especially if i was there like as myself like i'm here as drake my nigga i ain't performing niggas yeah. pay to see me here bro yeah i'm the, I, and i think that i think people underrate the fans bro they really underrate because why you guys want to be like, okay, I'm more than hip hop. That's fine. Expand the brand. Sure. Go for it. You want to do different type of music? Sure. Go for it. But what always ends up happening, and we've seen this cycle a million times, the niggas will go out there, jump out there, do something different, try to really be like, I'm expanding. And then some people are like, no, I like it. I'm, I'm winning. And what always happens, they always, they say, oh, you didn't win pop or you didn't win this. And then they turn around and they be like, you know what, man, I'm, I'm going back to like my real, my day ones. I'm going back to my, we seen Nikki do it. We seen Wayne do it after the rock out. We see niggas do this all the time like they do the same thing like oh i'm gonna go and i'm about to start doing this we see uh, machine gun kelly out here trying to do rock and shit now he's like nah i'm making a rap album next. yeah because it ain't because y'all underrate the power of the fans dude like y'all 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 think that y'all are impressing the higher ups and y'all may be but the higher ups is not buying your shit mm. they're not buying it bro they put you can create opportunities Huh? They putting you in a position to sell more of your shit. Yeah, but who are they selling to? The fans. You're right. Fans <laughs> That's why I'm like. Power. I agree. Yeah. I think we do get short sighted, especially in our culture, because we see mm -hmm. how much money other people are making. It's mm -hmm. always this thing you get. We talk about it on the show a lot. It's always this thing you get when you get niggas like a Meek Mill, and this is not a shot. But when you get a nigga like Meek Mill. Who starts to question his music contracts once he start hanging with a Michael Rubin. Mm -hmm. Or you get a nigga like um, anyone, like any one of the cash money niggas. They start mm -hmm. to see success, start to hang with successful people. Then they mm -hmm. start to question they set up. Mm -hmm. like, oh, I didn't know that you supposed to get this off of that. I didn't know that you supposed to be making this off your royalties. I didn't know any of these things. And part of that comes from just not being educated about it. But the thing is, you you can't, you learn from that. It's a part of business, but you can't skip it. Okay. And I think a lot of guys are getting in these relationships and they're trying to skip mm -hmm. the being burned part of it. That's mm -hmm. business. Yeah. Everything isn't going to work. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to get your lumps and fail. And I just think that you see a lot of artists selling, selling out is a strong word, but not recognizing that they're, their value that they hold mm -hmm. because they don't want to fall on their face or they don't want to go through that failure stage. They don't mm -hmm. want to go to that stage where you're talking about, well, I got to go back yeah. over here to the hood. They want to hit so high yeah. that ain't even an option for them. So in order to hit high, I got to perform at this white party in the Hamptons with Michael Rubin and hold mm -hmm. this here Beyonce over there. Yeah, give me the mic, man. I'm feeling it like, no, mm -hmm. bro. Absolutely not. L's are L's. We talked about it before, but L's are part of the process. Yes. L's are a part of the process. It, it makes your grind smarter and your and your grind harder. 
And not only that, but that's why niggas, that's why I think niggas be, you know, faking it on Instagram all the time with this bullshit jury. Because it, you, you, you like, oh, I got one song, or now they messing with it. And it's like, now you want to play like you ain't taking no losses, but you are still taking losses because you broke, really. And you're trying to figure out how to make the money. So you're faking <laughs> it. Like that, that, that nigga, like, nigga, you just got out your mama house. You already rich. Like, bro, stop. Seriously, oh, yep, bro. Yep. Yeah, you know what I mean? A, like it's a twofold thing because you're not wrong, right? L's are part of the process, and you do right. Niggas try to curtail that, yeah. In that sense, too, on IG. However, a lot of us don't understand that L's are part of the process or how accepted L's are. You know how you feel okay. after you don't accomplish something? You yeah. don't want to talk to nobody. I ain't <laughs> answer the phone, bro. What are you calling me for? Yes, I know, nigga. I fucked up. Whoever mm-hmm. it may be, or. You really, once you get in that bag of taking an L, whatever it is, small or large, you really don't, I ain't trying to talk about it and discuss it, but it's mm-hmm. normal. We got to start understanding that more as black man. It's normal to take an L. Yeah, bro, I yeah. tried this shit, man. I couldn't do that shit, man. People don't champion I'm it, on though. to the next one, though. Oh, and yeah. I'm going, and I'm, but that's the thing, and we're going to get into this about securities. Mm-hmm. You scared to get that feedback or someone laughing at you versus, I guess, cool to get that off if y'all are close enough, but also understanding too what you should be telling your homeboys and that shit. No, you got that shit, bro. You ain't get that, but man, you smart as fuck. You'll get the next one. Yeah. You don't get a lot of that once you fail yeah. either in our culture. So it goes both ways. And I'm in the words of your favorite rapper of all time and one of my favorites if you live by the cheers, you'll die by the booze. Mmm. And every time I heard that, that's why I say I think that you should keep that same energy on both sides. If you flexing on the wins, flex on the L too. Yeah, flex on the L, like yeah, nigga, I went out here, I was out here, I was wild, and turn it to a dope ass story. You gonna, I guarantee your fan base will increase. At least learn something from it. Yeah, you, you gonna always get something if you learn something from it. Yeah, man. So hey, man. Uh, but uh, shout out to we. We could use this platform and <laughs> start changing the narrative on the L. Oh yeah, as referring to loss and, and refer it to learned. Oh yeah, because I got so some L stories. L, when you took an L, you learned something versus you lost something. Oh, I've definitely took L's. Yeah. Man, well, shouts out to uh, you know, shouts out to Drake, Meek, little baby, Uzi, you know, all of them that was involved. I mean, y'all niggas is getting money. You know, I'm just a nigga over here podcasting, trying to move my. You know, trying to clean up the culture. You know what I'm saying? But shouts out to y'all, man. When there's two niggas with microphone shit, <laughs> Mo, that's what we doing. Being podcasts is being two niggas with microphones. Two niggas shit, with, man. with a voice. <laughs> yeah, just two niggas with microphones, man. We hating. Hating that we wasn't at that Michael Rubin part. Boy, I, I, I could get my all white, too. I can go to men's warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Now, moving on to the next thing I see, man, for another week of the book should be some good scripture here now i use the group cat chat sometimes to kind of judge where i am on my thought process because niggas will try to play me like i'm a contrarian and it's not until i float out there what i'm thinking that i don't i realize that everybody didn't even see it that way and i'm thinking that it's obvious so that's maybe a spike loo thing or whatever it may be but i'm really not a contrarian i don't think anyway however AB posted this clip. He thinks he's a movie buff in our group chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Woman King. And I had seen it on Twitter, but I hadn't clicked on it. Just kept it moving. The name or title didn't do anything for me. But I hit play because AB posted it in the group chat. And I see. I, I was assuming Africa and 
people coming out of the woodworks, the weeds, and it was Viola Davis dressed up like a an African warrior, mm-hmm. to for lack of a better term. But just in like you could tell that it was an older time period. And it goes it goes into the movie voice and talk about are you looking for a hero? And this and all of this shit. And the click, I cut it off. As soon as I saw the ship come over the horizon and she was the hero and the white dude got off in his colonizer gear, I said, Oh no, I'm out. I'm hmm. not here for another slave movie, dude. I've said it numerous times. There are mm-hmm. a lot of stories that black people have. I don't need to hear in any any sort of way. I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck if it is on the other end in Africa and kicking white folks' ass precursor to getting on the ships and being slaves. Doesn't uh-huh. matter. To me, that's still a slave story. Okay. However, I was met with resistance on this. And I was like, niggas, well, the, the quote exactly, I think it was A.B. said, oh, man, I didn't see one slave in the clip. <laughs> he asked me, did I look through it? Was I, Did I just skim through it or do I really watch mm-hmm. the old Jay-Z line? Do you really listen to music or do you just skim through it? It's what he hit me with. Okay. I said, well, I thought it was clear that these people were slaves and the fucking colonizers. It was a slave ship coming over the horizon on the ocean. Where did you think this was going? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, let me send this to someone else. So I shout out, pull up my text, and I shoot it to you, Mo. And your response after the looking at two minutes later, oh, I'm here for it in caps. It wasn't was like, okay. Well, it was <laughs> relax. Oh, now you, my you, story you was that's in cap caps right with, there with exclamation marks. And my okay. story, okay, is, it, it, I'm here for it with the little eyes and everything. Oh, you was man. here for it with the caps. Okay. And I said, how in the living fuck are niggas wanting to see this? Mm-hmm. And granted, Viola, Viola Davis is an amazing actor. Bro. Amazing. I would watch her be an HR manager in a movie for two hours, dude. Like, I, I'm here for it. Just tell yeah. me what she She can be a line cook mm-hmm. for all I care, bro. I'm signing up for it. With the exception of her being the lead female warrior of an African tribe that's trying to prevent colonizers from coming and getting her people and taking them to America to be slaves. That's probably the one role mm-hmm. that you could get me to say, oh, I don't want to see Viola Davis play it. And they did it. Well, let me say this. So in the initial, when I watched it, I'm, I'm, I'm getting Wakanda vibes. Clearly, everybody probably was thinking this. Black Panther 2 type deal. Like, oh, in my head at first, I'm Looking like, oh, like yeah, it had that, that, that look. I'm like, oh, okay, they, they're doing like some like they found a way to do it without Chadwick. Rest in peace. So I'm like, okay. But then as I kept watching, I'm like, hmm, interesting. After I got done, I hit you. I said, I'm here for it. But I did not text you again because then I had a different thought. <laughs> uh, so I, when I got out. When did a different thought occur? When you knew that was, I wasn't here for it? Because you knew that I, my response wasn't what, here for it. Yeah, so you, you had a, like your reaction was like, uh, something like I, like a meme or something. Yeah, some meme like almost like I feel differently, and I'm sitting there like, hmm, I bet I know why. But then, but we didn't we didn't discuss it. I got out of it, and then for some reason, I just looked at the text again. Didn't click on the link. Just looked at the screenshot of it, and then I don't know. Just when I seen Woman King, it just it just it just changed everything in my thinking about it. You being misogynistic? Ain't a woman king. 
Ain't no woman king. We don't have female listeners. We definitely not. Ain't no woman king. A queen. <laughs> a queen is the most important chess piece on the board. So a queen can do more than some kings. You know what I mean? More. You know the. You know whatever the case is. But woman king. It for me. Sure, the movie could be cool or whatever. I mean, my question was kind of like, I was back and forth more on the lines of like, because I didn't catch necessarily in the clips like she was, they was the, the African women, you know, supposedly or Wakanda women. I'm gonna say that because I don't want to disrespect anybody's uh, race or anything. I'm, I'm not familiar with, but let's just say Wakanda women here. I didn't see them like attacking colonizer. I, I seen like one white guy like a few times, and but I, it looked like they I were more. You need to see. That's more than enough. <laughs> that is more than enough. I mean, that, but but I, I kept seeing more like a, a attack on the black dude, or the, it looked like a black man, or a few of them, or whatever. And I kind of was like, "Are we trying to say something else here? What are we?" I guess in the trailer, I didn't understand what they were trying to say, what they were trying to get across. And I was back and forth with the thought of like, "Okay, is it going to be like all of the Wakanda women?" trying to kill the men because of they've been doing them dirty or doing them wrong disrespectful in some kind of way and i was like oh here we go now they got black women versus black men but then on the other side of it i had to start thinking i said well wait a minute we're good enough to battle one another because because in white people movies and stuff we see that all the time not just men versus women but white men versus white men women white women versus white women black you know white white on white basically and we're good enough to make a whole film battling each other. It ain't always got to be, oh, when it comes to black on black, then it's a, a whole separate thing. It it's We're good enough to do that. Like when black people, they're like, oh, they can't play superheroes or they can't play a villain. But like, no, we are good enough. They're like, oh, why they got to die? Why they gotta... No, we're good enough to do these things just as the, the next person. So that's kind of what I was taking from it. But to be real with you, I, I ain't, I'm not here for it. As I, mm, you I, your mind. I changed my mind. I, I, I'll watch it if it pops up, but I'm not going out my way at all. Like it ain't gonna get me to get a 30 day subscription on some streaming service that I don't have to watch it. Like I'm not. I, so I, it says here, mm-hmm. the Woman King is an upcoming American historical epic film directed by Gianna Prince Beathwood. From a screenplay she co-wrote with Dana Stevens and Maria Bello. I said those names for a reason. I'll get back to it in a second. Mm-hmm. But it's based on a true story of the Omi Amazons. And it stars Viola Davis, of course. And it's essentially a supposed to be a historical piece that says it's based on true events that happened in the kingdom of the Omi, one of the most powerful states of Africa in the 18th and 19th century. The lady that makes it the producer that I'm looking at or director Gina she appears to be black but it says that the story came from a white lady named Maria Bello and it's based off true events so I'm not sure if it has to do with anything maybe what you're talking about as far as the imagery and the name of the film but again I just think that there are a lot more stories and one of my like I when we're talking about conditioning and when we're talking about insecurities, a lot of that, well, excuse me, those two play hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about wanting to keep people insecure or in a mindset of undervaluing, 
undervaluing yourself. Good word, good good word selection there. If you want to keep them in that mindset, then you continue to regurgitate their past. Mm-hmm. And, and you can even take the context of slave and say that I'm reaching here. Think about being in a relationship with someone. You guys may have gotten through something. You moving, moving towards a good place and y'all are good. The one thing that probably staggers that or that takes you back is if something happened, the other person keeps bringing it up. That's what they do to make you feel less of that. Yeah. Every time, even though you said they forgot about it, even though y'all moved on, every time, what they'll do is they'll bring that up. And that's how I see slavery and the stories around slavery. Yeah, I agree. When you get imagery like you like you seen with Michael Brown laying in the middle of the street for so long as he did, or you see the picture continuously of Derek Shaving with his neck on George, excuse me, with his knee on George Floyd's neck and that look on his face. Mm-hmm. And even in this, when you have the movies like 12 Years a Slave and Django and those being the big office hits for me, mm-hmm. it's imagery that's being portrayed so people, it's good to know your history, but it's also to a point where they want you, don't want you to forget where you came from because they don't want you to be where you're heading to go. Mm-hmm. The, the, the strong, powerful, I can do anything people that we strive to be it's hard to be there when somebody continuously puts in your face oh yeah but remember this though remember <laughs> and you don't even know if it's true or not like there's a whole another podcast we can do about conspiracy theories and mm-hmm. the wild ones that we have i got a great guest for that <laughs> but the, the, just the continuous imagery of that for me is always going to be a no moving forward because mm-hmm. i'm becoming in this days of my life very cognizant of what I digest like I stopped yeah. listening to a lot of music yeah uh, that stuff that I just don't watch now like, yeah like people are laughing at me because I, I don't watch horror films dude like, there's nothing about a scary movie that I want to see not mm-hmm. in the sense of I'm scared that I'll be dreaming that night or anything like that just mm-hmm. I don't want that imagery in my head yeah. I'm not here for it yeah and you can say that goes a, a long way or it doesn't for you but for me when it comes to stuff like this, same thing. I don't want that in my head. I know what happened. I can read about it. I'm fairly familiar with a lot of the stories. It did garner more interest when I just looked it up now. And they said it was based on the historical events of that nation. Okay. All that made me want to do is just look that stuff up, though. Now I want to know about that tribe and what really happened. It didn't make me want to see the movie because yeah. I feel like I know where Hollywood is going to take it. Yeah. And I ain't here for the rap. All right, man, bro, you 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 put that you put that whole you put a bow on that thing, man. Because I'm I'm the same way. Like I told y'all before, like I just get put out of classes for like just always having like when they put on roots or put on like I I'm 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 over that like and I didn't get the slavery undertone, but now that you've read the information and even spoke about the the pieces you caught from the trailer, I'm not here for it. Like I'm I'm totally with you. Like that's why. I, we might have to revisit that Kanye that Kanye line where he was like, Man, we need to have Black Future Month. Even though it, it probably won't happen. But it's like I I, I kinda now think I understand where he was coming from. And we know Kanye talks like he's speaking ahead of things, but it for one, you keep holding us in the past. So then when we we're always behind because you want to keep us reminded there. You wanna be like, oh, don't forget. It's like when a nigga get on like 
you AB the Real Veal Network this this podcast and and the many other uh, streams of content that will be created we get on and the opportunities is there and we get on oh yeah but don't forget you used to you, I hey, don't forget nigga I remember nigga you was recording on a microphone that you plugged in and not a studio yeah you don't forget you nigga I was there when you nigga don't forget I, nigga when you got them DUIs don't don't forget like you know what I mean it's like why are we Again, I, I and you know it's so crazy, bro. That's how I know this is like a divine moment here because I was just talking to my supervisor at work right at the end of work, talking about uh, paying very close attention to your consumption, being very intentional about what you're consuming, the effect that it affects your energy, your spirit, and your mood. You have to be very intentional about what you consume, not just because somebody said, nah, you got to check it out. Nah, you got to go do that. Nah, you got, nah, I ain't got nothing. Niggas been trying to put me on P Valley. I ain't here for that. Niggas been trying to put me on this or put me on, I'm not here for it. Everybody, man, nah. Bad where they where it went. It's like, oh, it's a show about strippers. It was like, where did you think this was going? Yeah. And like, once I got. Because you didn't consume all this content and you mad at the shit they put in front of you. Now. Yeah, and it, but people act like they're, they, that you act like speaking of slavery you're a slave to keeping up to what's being talked about or being posted but you don't have to consume that i don't consume everything and and i understand that horror thing too like i completely get it i used to watch a lot more back then but it was never so much horror more so than it was uh suspense um maybe I, a little i do suspense because a I little um, maybe even a little ominous me, yeah if it's make, i don't know what that means Wait, me. uh i think it's like That's uh a big word for elmo <laughs> not you me I'm sorry you looked at me like nigga I'm talking about for me not you I, I think it means like I ain't gonna say like creepy but uh, somewhere yeah, in I, that vein and it's I not like do, cringy slightly creepy and very like I can do mysterious I can do suspenseful but I'm not here for horror I just ain't here for that uh, um, well here's the I'll give for those that are listening um, Shouts out to Spike do your research it's The the actual definition Is giving the impression that something Bad or unpleasant is going To happen threatening or I don't even know how to say this word after that but uh, Yeah that but Here's what I found Out with that since mm-hmm. we're talking about Consumption for that And it may just be me and you can tell me Have you noticed it too Like I said I've, I've I stopped listening to music that was as aggressive. Not not all the time. I just listened to Boosie set it off last night. Like don't get me wrong, <laughs> I do it in moderation now. But I used to listen to music every day. Hence, a hip hop podcast being yeah. made. But now I listen to more so. It'll be some soft rock, some soul in there. I throw some jazz on. I throw some old school, some classical. But I say all of that to say, even with the movies and the music, and just no. Watching my consumption, you brought up a point that made me, I wrote down. I want to touch on. I'm way more observant of the energy I pick up now. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm in a room, like I can feel more. I'm not as in my head about like not paying attention per se. Because yeah. but it really ain't an attention thing. But you know how it's just strange. It's like you know how you pick up on gut feelings or you big word these days like vibes or somebody mm-hmm. energy being off or 
somebody being on the same page as you from an energy standpoint do you know what i'm talking about when i say that i know exactly what you're talking about and it's ironic because when but you got it found out and yeah i let you cook in one second uh-huh. just to wrap it up what i found out since i have been very cognizant over the last half a year year half of a year to a year of what i consumed that i those senses have heightened mm-hmm. way much more so i can tell how energy is how receptive people are are or are not being social cues per se like i pick up on them a lot more than i did when i was much more like not paying attention to what i consume i i agree and i think that in my belief system it's a it's obviously it's I think even if you're not a person of faith, you can you can see a spiritual warfare going on here. Just like the the things that are being put in mar- uh, uh, televised or just kind of uh, spoon feeding in content, just is going in a very dark direction. Everything is going in a dark direction. So when you're when you just get up as a black man, it's so vital to try to keep that black boy joy, as they say. You get in a car and a police car gets behind you and you're trying to, you know, stay optimistic, stay positive because you don't know. You don't know. Being black, period, especially black men every day, you got You got responsibilities and 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 we'll tie this into the next thing. But Kevin Samuel said this on the Joe Budden podcast. Rest in peace. He had said black men are the only men that and I'm going to make this I'm going to make this make sense. Black men are the only men that do everything that is asked of them and ask for nothing. And if asked, receive nothing. And I don't get, I don't mean that like, oh, you ain't grinding, you ain't, but like we have such an expectation level from all around, but on the other end, we don't get matched with that. So I said that to say, when you spoke of the. Don't get matched with that one moment. What you mean? We spoke about like, okay, so let's just use the relationship aspect. We're expected to do things. And then if we don't do it right, we get resisted with we get energy of resistance. If we don't do it, we get energy resistance. If we don't do it, if we do it, we we receive something from it, but it still ain't it might not quite be matched with how much work you put in to do it vice versa you don't do it all right well you know it's cool don't worry about it babe or mm. you didn't do it exactly how i said well that ain't really what i said but we, we just be like oh it's cool babe yeah i'll take it yeah that's cool i'll take this no that's no that's cool cool no no it's cool i'll take it and that's everywhere <laughs> it's like jobs like that like we go out there and hustle our ass off to for this company and then when the meetings come there's never an acknowledgement Oh, we're gonna give a shout out to uh to Lou over here for doing this or the, we're gonna give a shout out to to uh Maurice for it. it ain't never you know what I mean, but that's a deeper conversation. But back back to the consumption, like horror films, like a lot of times for me too, and not just the films, but consumption. That stuff, even though like Saw, that was like one of those things like I used to watch back in the day. And then I had to get away from it because I was like, This is why is this entertainment? Why? That, that's why I'm like, bro. We all sit. We all in sicko mode for real. Because it's like the stuff you like. Sometimes like, why am I watching this? Like, why are we glorifying? That shit became a brand. Like a brand. Room, it's, escape room is essentially saw. In real yeah, life. it's it's it's, it's, it's diet. 
Not as dire. Have I seen the show, movies, or or done it? Been to one, yeah. Been yes, to, I've been like to a few. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've been to a few. That's saw all it is. It's saw. Yeah, it's like yeah, but I mean, and then of course now they got the movies escape room. Um, but oh, I didn't even know that. Oh yeah, those are good. Those are good. Um, but that second one, I it, they both was good. But that's up to you. But it ain't no bloody horror like type deal. But you know, niggas don't always make it through. But anyway, to to move this on, all I say is like you got to control what you consume. When you come home and you're in a certain mood and you don't know where it's coming from, what were you listening to? Mm. When you're watching a movie and late at night you get you starting to get moody or you don't know what's wrong, you like everything's good, my bills is good, we we were at a good page, we ain't been arguing. Uh, you don't understand? Pay attention to what you're consuming. Like don't just hop on the next social media and all. Of yeah, that. like your social media only follow things that you're passionate about that make you smile. Stop following things just because it's, it, it feels relevant or it's hot or you you don't want to be behind. It's okay to be behind because everybody's behind it to, a, to the next person. You know what I mean? Somebody always know a little more than the next person. So stop trying to keep up and just keep up with your own spirit and your energy. Fight for your joy. Fight for your positivity. Fight for your love and life and smile, bro. Like forget that like dark energy and, and, and especially this hip hop now. Like freaking Niggas Wait, is pulling up there? on. Oh my god! There? Yeah, for you. yeah. I, I see you going somewhere, and I want to. I feel like it's a good conversation. Who do you think is the most pride? Well, excuse me. Who do you think is the coolest? Because we talked about the prideful. Who do you think the coolest group of people? If I asked you, like, you think the white women are overall the coolest? You think Indian men, white men, black men? Like, if I say, well. Who's the coolest group of motherfuckers on the planet of the earth? Who would you say it is in your opinion? Are we, are we serious? It's not even a, really a question. It, it ain't even a question. Nigga, it's us. It's Everybody definitely. said that niggas, right? Black men, right? Oh, yeah. We, we, like, it ain't even a question. When they look right? up the word cool, like white parents, they look for it's the, yeah, you know. Us. Us. Okay. Here's why I asked that, because it, 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 I think it ties in, and I may be wrong. You tell me what you think. I think that it ties into what you said about the recognition part, right? The talking about it part. The, like when you said, like you just hit on a good thing there. Like you were talking about your supervisor and you're in these meetings and, and, and the recognition seems to skip over you. Mm -hmm. And we can tie this into the what we're talking about for the week and insecurities and everything. But I too know what you mean. But if we're going to start with ourselves and be accountable, it comes from that cool factor, right? Yeah. When's the last time you told a motherfucker, man, this shit was hard, bro? Like, it took everything I had to get this shit finished. Or do you say, nah, it's cool, I got it. Nah, I let I people know. Shit out. You I, let I, people know how hard it is. Yeah, yeah, I do. Against your character. Because like you just said, the black men are the coolest. You can still do it in a cool way, though. <laughs> right, you do it in a way. Yeah. Well, motherfucker not gonna roll their eyes and be like, ah, oh, this motherfucker complaining again. But think about Becky or mm -hmm. Susie or even oh, like any other race. Like when you at work and them mm -hmm. motherfuckers come in and they just start talking and they complain. Oh, this was so hard and all oh, I had to do this. Oh, could you please give me some help on this? We don't do that. Mm -hmm. Like we ain't doing. And I'm not saying that we should and not bitch up and do it. But also talking about this. Like what well, we talked about, the things that we go through, and even to the Kevin Samuels quote and a point that you said of asking for it. Like mm -hmm. a lot of times we leave it on the table and don't do the asking. We'll do the doing and have your head down and go through the motions 
of being that good person that you know you're supposed to be, but you never get the recognition because mm-hmm. one, you dogging yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, I gotta grind. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. Stop here and there. And then you gotta be like, man, I'm I'm the shit. I'm dope. I got this, that, and the third accomplished today. Like I recorded a podcast, wrote a book, wrote passages, even if it's small, celebrating those wins, and then that translating into you telling people, hey, man, these are the things that I did to get here. This is the process that I had to take. People start respecting that more because you're being more vulnerable about your journeys. Us as black men, we're not very vulnerable about our journeys, which is one of the reasons why yeah. when I started this show, mm-hmm. it's a show, it's a conversation about the journeys of places that we've gotten to in our heads, thought processes that we have that we want to share with each other. Mm-hmm. People are going to listen. And like I said, I get texts all week from people saying some of my best friends like that I've been knowing since I was 15. Mm-hmm. Oh, bro, I was thinking the same thing, but we've never had that conversation. Mm-hmm. It took me having a podcast with you, who I just met, being <laughs> vulnerable enough to have the conversations with, and then some of my best friends doubling back and being like, damn, bro, I was thinking the same thing. But again, this is my therapy point, and I'm not saying that from a sense of it's a right and a wrong of it, mm-hmm. just an observation and noticing that as you start to be more vulnerable and share in your journey like we do when we're having these conversations, mm-hmm. that's when we start opening up to each other. That's when we can start addressing those insecurities and telling each other, say, hey, man, it's cool that you failed, bro. Man, I did something similar. I ain't figured that shit out three or four years in, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, I ain't make no, like, you very rarely hear a nigga say, man, I ain't make no money the first two years I was doing that. And yeah. third year, though, bro, if you stick with that shit, man, let me tell you how this worked and mm-hmm. how that worked. But people, like you said, a lot of times get stuck in the faking it till you make it and, oh, I got it now. I can go get this now and I can do that. How did you get to that point, though? Share right. that story with me. The the yeah, results, like said, the results are important. Absolutely. Well, I'm saying the results dope. are highlighted, but the the process isn't. The process, and what that does, and this is not just preaching. This is like real talk. What that mm-hmm. does is that's gonna melt down those walls that we built up, one with each other. Mm-hmm. If you can go praise the nigga and be like, man, that yeah was a good job, bro, and he in turn can respond to that, not just be like, I oh, appreciate it. Man, bro, you know what I had to do to do that, bro? Mm-hmm. Like, bro, it was this whole process, and I did this, that, and the third. Man, I thought I wasn't going to make it through, bro, but, man, it took a whole lot of this studying, or I flipped it this way and did that. After getting a praise from another black man, I'm like, man, you did a good job with that. Now you guys got a report. Now you got a conversation. Now y'all can mm-hmm. do business together because you starting to respect the resilience that they've had. You ain't just looking at them as somebody, as some pie in the sky, somebody that made it all. I'm trying to be like him, man. They mm-hmm. got it going on, they got a Bentley, they got a big old house, versus being open on how you got to these places, how you done these things, how you struggling, then that makes people less defensive around you. Then they can be like, oh, well, I had this idea. Oh, mm-hmm. well, I can help you with that. What if you did this? Oh, man, well, that's how you get to the next step. Then as black men, we started having those conversations, building those businesses, and talk ain't always about, like Kevin Samuel was saying, ass or sports or those things. It can be about business because when you're talking about having conversations about business and the walls are down and you can be transparent with each other, knowing that it's not going to be a home run every time, knowing that you guys getting into business having opportunities for each other. Nigga might not have your money the first go around. Mm-hmm. Like y'all might be in an investment together yeah. or something may come up. It may not work how he said it was going to work. Mm-hmm. But being patient enough and being resilient enough with each other to be like, nigga, 
we can figure this out. Yeah. But that comes with introducing people to your process of how you got there, not just the results. I know that was long winded, but I had to get that and land it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad we got it on record too, man. Um, yes. Speaking of Kevin Samuels, man, uh, I'm just going to insert this clip right here. Stop trying to find your manhood through your dick. I want you young black, I want you black men to imagine a world where I did this. Snap my fingers, Thanos, reality stone, and away goes your penis and your balls. Every last one of your black dicks goes away. Then what are you? Your testosterone levels stay, your muscular levels stay, everything else remains, but your dicks are all gone. Where are you? What kind of man are you? Far too many of us black men try to make our masculinity and manhood through our dicks. We spend an inordinate amount of time in our youth trying to fuck our way into manhood. That's why you got so many young guys who aren't even where they should be thinking, I can fuck my way in, I can make her this. You and you and what do you rank amongst other men? We're the only group of men who walk around with our dick thinking that makes us a man. Go around other groups of men. They don't have to walk around and hire the CEO, hello, or whatever the accent you want to put in. They are not judged by their penis, their ability to fuck. And we have bought into this shit. Stop it. Stop leading with your dick. Stop leading with your game. Stop leading with your mouthpiece. So I said, lead with your wallet, which is your resume. Who you are. I don't hear as many young Asian men, Middle Eastern men, trying to control, get women on the right page. I mean, I'm in law school. I'm in grad school. I'm in this. I'm in that. I'm trying to buy this business. I'm investing in it. And we're trying to fuck our way through. No, no, this is why we, like I said, I'm going to stick it. We spend two, I don't, first time when I came to YouTube was the first time I heard all this talk, inordinate amount of talk of game. And I did it too. I did it too. I'm not going to lie. I did it too. When I was young, I thought that made you a man. The more, the more cut you got, the more you made a man. And And there's a point in time when you're like, this is stupid. Every time you lay down with somebody, you risk either getting a sexually transmitted disease or creating a life. It's reckless. It's meaningless. And there are numbers you get to where you can be ashamed of like, God, I've had all this sex for what? Fucking doesn't make you a man. Now, fuck, but doesn't make you a man. That's for that's for the family. So, in a clip, Kevin Samuels, the late great, he spoke on black men trying to find their manhood through their their dick, their penis, their physical attributes, and he really made a a, a valuable point, and it it ties into what we're talking about today. Spike, do you think that because? 
And I'm not saying that this doesn't happen in other cultures. I'm not privy, so I'm not going to try to. I'm trying to work on not narrowing things down based on my uh, experience, because I've only experienced these things. Doesn't mean that that's the whole world. So I'm trying to grow in that way. You're a little bit more um, exposed to more culture. I feel uh, through your, your your education, reading, and some of your experiences a little older than I am. Do you yeah, think? In there, you had to get <laughs> hey man, being old is cool now, man. <laughs> the only alternative to being old is being dead. <laughs> hey, see, you know what I mean? Yeah. Nah, but so. being an OG. Uh, do you think that? Why do you think that black men do that? We know that's some level of insecurity or some false, a false viewpoint on valuing themselves. But why do you why do you think that we do that? Where we 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 uh, this is my dick, but I I I did this to I yeah. But you know about this though. Like why why do we highlight that so much versus? I don't know. I'm not gonna say other races, but I mean, in our culture, why do we highlight why that so is much? That important to us. Yeah, that's a good question. And when we came up with these topics, we collab throughout the week, and I'll throw some out there. You'll throw some out there. And as we get more familiar with these, the person that presents the topic is gonna take the lead and kind of navigate the conversation. As I'm gonna let you do with this, because I really want to know. Mm-hmm. Where you wanted to take it when you thought of let's talk about insecurities. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna have some questions and definitely try to provide some answers on what you asked. I wanted to uh, give people a, a little peek behind the curtain how this thing is gonna work and how it works. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, as far as where our insecurities come from, in my opinion, and where and how that happens, goes a lot to what we've been discussing in this episode with imagery. From very early on, your value as a black man is established to you in I mean the girlfriends you got. Mm. Like, I mean the little girls numbers you get. It's like the people were asking me that at seven, eight years old. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but like that yeah. was the, yep. I, mean, I mean the little girlfriends, like that was very important to mm-hmm. us early. And you said, Well, how does it get that way? The imagery that we see all the time about black men, like I grew up during the war on drugs. All the time you would see on TV niggas get locked up behind like crack cocaine was big imagery from that motherfucker getting raided in drug houses. Mm-hmm. A lot of the imagery around black men is like being in jail, it's being locked up, it's a lot of negative imagery. Mm-hmm. But the one positive that you hear floated around all the time is all oh, black men, they got big dicks. Like hell, like that is a positive image that's probably mm-hmm. like goes back to slavery as far yeah. as some of the imagery and drawings that mm-hmm. you've seen. Yeah. So that for me, I think, is where it starts. It's not, it's very subtly portrayed in our learning and our media. That that's our number one value And you start to process We start to process those things That thing as the most important thing Because it's the one thing It's the one thing That society has no problem in praising us for Right? Like we can break our backs And be LeBron James And and make a billion dollars playing basketball 
but it's shut up and dribble when you have an opinion. You can be Jay-Z and you can do all of this good throughout your career and side with the NFL and niggas call you a coon because they don't see your vision. Mm-hmm. All of these things can happen because we're taught, like you said earlier, piling on a black man is okay. It's cool. Everybody else does it. Like, why wouldn't I do it? Even as a black man, you find yourself probably doing it. Mm. But that one thing that you always hear that's a positive is universal. Whenever you discover porn or at some point in school, somebody has said it's like it's probably been suggested to you in some way. Oh, man, you got a big, like, yeah, but big joint. Exception of black women, but they said black women will call you well, a little dick money. They will. You. If it applies, they'll yeah. let it fly. Well, it's, so. then, then they're used to it as well. So it's like, <laughs> like they gotta be around the block, nigga. Right? They know. They know. Yeah. It's not it's a like, mystique for them because they've experienced a lot of different varieties of black men. So and you and you know what's probably the yeah. one race that doesn't live yeah. within that stereotype nah. that all black men are like that. But everyone yeah. else, that's the one thing that they'll give us. Yeah. And that goes a lot to what Kevin Samuels is saying. Yeah, yeah, he's right. He he was absolutely right, and and it's it's crazy because it's like, damn, we we have been bogged down to be just a nice piece of meat. Like even and it's look again to the earlier Kevin Samuel quote. There's some it's black not even women. A nice piece of meat though, it's just like you have been bogged down to being able to satisfy an urge an animalistic urge of wanting I mean, to have yeah. sex with somebody not even for reproduction purposes but just the urge of it yeah but I'm saying even white white women don't be careful to be no 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 you don't want no little black baby no 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 but look like white women be like oh, I want a black guy why because you you've dwindled it down to what we have attached to us black women will throw not all of them it's a small group of black women for those that are listening will we'll do the same thing and be like girl he ain't there but that, that but he got that but he got that dick though like and 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 it's like but this ain't even about them it us and forget what they even talking about us as black men stop like stop utilizing that as uh the representation of what you have to bring to the table and you know what for niggas, for niggas now that you know what the the new dick is, pause. The new dick is 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 jewelry now. The new dick is is. I'm, I'm let me use another word. I'm not about to dick us to death here. Pause. The new joint is our jewelry. The new because and it's a, it's a representation but, or a metaphor. It's always been kind of that way. Though. I mean, yeah, but, but I mean, well, let me not say the new, but the continuous of that being established back in slavery. It's all overcompensation to really hide the scars of how we feel about ourselves based on how people have always classified us as a piece of meat. And so I I think we have to and we ain't got to prove shit to nobody. So that's the first thing. But to ourselves, we need to have more value to ourselves and understand that we're more than our physical attributes we're more than our material attributes we are who we are based on our experiences our educations our love our appreciation who we are we are kings like we just we just got to carry ourselves different like Here's i feel like thing, though. yeah my question to you would be yeah how do you do that if like you said earlier the majority 
of what you're getting from society, even from motherfuckers that look like you, because we've been taught to challenge each other. Mm-hmm. How do you get to that point, though? Like, how do you start thinking like a king, in your opinion? Like, how do you get to the point where I, I'm I'm not insecure to the point where I got to argue with a bitch about McDonald's? If her mm-hmm. kids need food, I can go get it. Whether they my kids or not. Call back. It don't fucking matter. I'm a nigga. Yeah, I'm, I'm the man. Of, I'm the man of the situation. It's not gonna be no arguing about fucking food, and you put me on tape. They need food. They gotta eat. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Let's go get that. Yeah. How do you get to that point where you're handling situations with that type of you feel like importance, or you feel like you can do it, and you feel like well, it don't matter what they got to say. How do you think you get to that point? I think I think <laughs> I just said it earlier though. Like uh, before we even potted. I said, I said, you got to get away from the screen, man. And you got to get away from the screen. And I mean, that phone screen, that computer screen, that TV screen, you got to get away from the screen and and get out here and get active in regards to experiencing things. We talked about the barbershop and the significance importance. You need to get around a circle of men that are not attached to just what's on the screen, but are living. You need examples because a lot of us don't have those examples. Only way you get those examples is by actually detaching yourself not the only way one of the the most pivotal ways is detaching yourself from the social aspect of it from a digital standpoint and creating those physical relationships meeting people going places and and going to events you know going to like oh uh like I ain't gonna say like Black Expo but like when they got like they got like some kind of convention or something like go out there Black Expo I, I think they do it's in Indianapolis right yeah it's in Indianapolis I don't know if they still do though it ain't. It definitely ain't what it used to be. But, um, but I think that you have to get in some circles around some men, and 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 like you said before, have these conversations, compliment one another, pick up game, see what it really is to be a king, not just what's represented on the internet. Because people keep seeming to forget y'all. Which I see that photo, that video. It's called pre-production. They didn't just happen to, oh, you just happened to catch me on camera with all this jewelry. You just happened to catch me on camera with the phone, with the money phone. Oh, you just happened to catch me. This is just, nah, it's pre-production. People like that, this was a thought out thing before they presented it to you. And you took it like, man, I got to get there. I got to do this. But you like, you don't, you don't even understand how to get there. And then if you do get there, that's not the only representation of us. There's men that take care of their, their significant other, their woman, they take care of their kids that handle business. I don't care if you are an entrepreneur, you making your own money, you your own boss, or you like some of our parents or grandparents that have been in the same job for 40 years, 50 years, got their pension and retired. They did that. Y'all can do that. That's how I feel. So my aunt, to answer that question, you got to get out there and get active and want to attract that energy, have that in your spirit to want to be around men that are about shit, about real shit, not no, not no fabricated Compensating for bullshit, basically. Yes, and you can still have fun and have those conversations too. But there's, a, yeah, like you said, there's a level up that needs to happen. And the reason there's a reason that I asked you that, and I wanted to see what you hit on it. And you said a lot of good things there, but you didn't hit on it. Okay. And it's not to because I'm any better than you that I'm going to hit on it. I just so happen to start reading a book that focuses on it. Okay. And that'll be the homework, and I'll give you the title of it at the end when we do the homework. Here. Mm-hmm. But you said something there, and then you didn't say something that was very important. It's like you don't, you don't have anything to prove to anybody. And the one person, the thing that I didn't hear you say there, where it starts at, is with you. You have a lot to prove to yourself. What we do 
in my opinion, as black men, since there's so much negative imagery out there, since you consume so much negative stuff, like the music you may listen to, what you're watching, whatever it may be, and I ain't saying you got to stop doing any of that. Mm-hmm. You can cut it down in moderation, but what you have to start doing is talking to yourself. Oh, yeah. You got to be your biggest fan. You got to build yourself up. You got to know when a motherfucker is telling you, oh, you might not be able to do that, bro. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Like, that don't sound... You got to be so big on yourself, your ideas, your dreams. Yeah, I'm going to take advice. I'm going to bounce stuff off of you because I'm confident that I have good ideas and good dreams. But what you say about them not going to determine what I do. You got to first, because you're going to be in your head and that's the voice that you hear most. And most people try to deny that. Oh, man, you know, I, I ain't. They'll try to deny that voice, that self-doubt that's mm-hmm. in their head mm-hmm. because they don't address it. And you can address those thoughts. All you got to do is think positive. Like there's affirmations that you can, black men affirmations that you can get off YouTube, the books that you can read. That's true. That help you with your mind and thought process. It's hard. You can fall into the trap of like getting into the point where like, God damn, fuck that up again, man. I ain't shit. I know because I've been there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, a lot of people will call me, my girl would call me, this is my thing, uh, People probably think about me, but that's how you're arrogant. And it's because I'm my hardest critic in the sense of not dogging myself with my inner voice and saying, man, you could have did that better, do this better. I'm always telling myself, oh, man, you shit like you should have did that this this well. Mm -hmm. If motherfuckers liked it, they should have loved it. Mm -hmm. Having that consistent build up of yourself from yourself is really important it's really important in the sense of what you said earlier too of they're gonna criticize you and they're gonna talk good about you they're gonna talk bad about you somewhere in the middle is where the truth is Mm -hmm. but the key to not letting it affect you or sway you in either way is what you think about yourself yeah where you at with it what you telling yourself every day when you look at it because you can't lie to yourself no you can't you can't do that the money phone ain't gonna help the mirrors ain't gonna help. The bad bitch not gonna help. Fucking a thousand bitches not gonna help. Yeah. It may make you feel better in a moment a couple of times, but until you start and are able to talk to yourself in a positive manner, let yourself know I'm the shit. Mm-hmm. When you get up, like the, the thing you practice, like I, I started practicing this thing head up, chest out, with shoulders back. Like when you walk in a room, just so you at your proudest moment, I'm, I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. That way you have that like regurgitations in your head or things like that just so to trigger your confidence i promise you it works it definitely works so being a your biggest fan also being a critic but being your own biggest fan goes a long way in there and i think it's very key everything you said too yes 100 percent but start 100 percent with being your biggest fan the internal uh moving into the external facts 100 percent now First insecurities. Ari, we've talked about this, and I, I got a story time with Spike Lou again. <laughs> I remember yeah. very vividly what my first insecurity was, and, and like just a story behind it. And I'll throw it to you after. It was being a little fat boy. I used to be a little fat nigga, man. Like I was wow. like a little round, little meatball. And my mom dated this guy. 
His name was Andrew Hunter. Rest in peace. His birthday actually just it was uh, July 4th. She dated him for the majority of my childhood. Mm, rest in peace. And at about eight or nine, to your point, what we were talking about, and to wrap this up, put a bow on it, do some great podcasts here. At about eight or nine, like, I, I didn't care about getting fat, to be honest. Like, it wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. I, I like to eat. I was gonna eat, bro. Like, if you know that, I see little boys now because I got a godson. Like, little boys can eat. Yeah. So I could imagine how frustrating it may have been for like a. I always call my mom a single mother, even though he was around. I don't know what his contribution was. I ain't. I wasn't all in their business like right. that. But I could definitely understand it being frustrating, especially if I wasn't his kid, little nigga eating like I ate. Mm-hmm. So he told me one day. He said, "Man, you know what? He says you keep eating like this, you're gonna get fat." He said, all that weight, you're going to start just growing out. He said, you know what ain't going to grow? Your dick. He said, your stomach is going to Yeah. And it made me think. He said, your stomach stomach just going to grow over. You're just going to be some little fat motherfucker with no dick. At eight or nine years old. That's nuts. And still today, that stuck with me. And guess what it did? I'm trimming up, nigga. Now I was still a little chubby motherfucker, but I wasn't gonna get ridiculous. Now that he's told me this is a grown man telling me, nigga, if you get fat, your dick gonna be little. Yeah. You don't wanna be walking around with a little dick. <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking about your first insecurities, mine was being a little fat boy. Like yeah. I always felt like since I was a little chubby dude, that you know that you probably couldn't get the prettiest girl you get like the second or third one because like mm. you hang with home you know, you, this homeboy he gonna always get the prettiest girl yeah you know and the, yeah. the other him homeboy he gonna have her because they so cool yeah. and then you'll be the little fat one you get you know like the third ring like, so that was the insecurity that I would walk around with I didn't lose I started losing weight after high school like I was about oh, five, so. five, 180 in high school Okay. And that ain't even really fat. It was just more like by the time I got to high school, it was more like I was a little chubby. But I so wasn't fat, fat. Was that like your first and your biggest insecurity? Or that was uh, just, just your first insecurity? Because I want to try to tie first two in one. one. The first one that I that, that I could that, that's kind of like funny and humorous that we haven't spoken about. Yeah, that was the one that I would tie to. Okay. The other one we spoken about is, is more so the father thing. Okay. That was my biggest insecurity always growing up because I didn't have brothers and sisters. Yeah, it was just me and my mom. My pops wasn't there. I would see like different my friends. They would have their homeboys or excuse me, they would have their dads around sometimes. So my biggest and strongest insecurity growing up and being a kid was not having a dad. Like it was just him not being around and just not having that. Mm. That's what it was first. For me. My my first, I mean, it was it's just been a little kid like, like my top teeth came out like I was a little boy. My top teeth came oh, out. Big ears. Now that you talking about that, I always had big ears. Oh, big my ears. Tease me about my ears. Oh man, bro. I would definitely get the big ears. Teased. Kids are cruel. It was, uh, that was this was family, you know, family. Oh, family's worse. worse. <laughs> family's family worse. worse they don't because they don't. Yeah, boy, you know I look. Boy, you know I love you. Like. Nigga, my aunt would have me come. She would have me come sit in her lap so she could play with my ears. Like, like that's oh, like, wow. just come sit here for a minute. Let auntie play with your ears. It's good luck. <laughs> so yeah, big ears was definitely it. Uh, my mama used to call me little big ear boy. Little big ear boy. Yeah. Uh, 
But I had lost my like two front teeth like in elementary. It took a, I don't, I feel like it took forever, but it probably didn't. But at that time, so I remember it like I would come to class. I had the two triangle teeth with no teeth in the middle. And uh, when I came in there, they, they started calling me Vampire. Oh, man. So they called me Vampire. And then this was around the time Vampire in Brooklyn came out. So, oh, my God. Like, it, this is elementary, bro. So now, like, I'm really, I think to this day, that probably, it took me a minute to really start smiling. Like, mm. I think that probably stuck with me for a long time. Um, Well, that was like my first insecurity. I mean, eventually my teeth grew back. I was straight, but. But my biggest insecurity was uh, being dark skinned, like hands down. Like, like I told y'all, y'all know if y'all go back to the, a previous chapter, uh, y'all go back to the uh, crying at the lunch table. Y'all know that. But like, like, I just used to get picked on all the time. Like that was just that era where like, like, like Kanye, he said that making sure you light skinned niggas never come back in style when he said that shit. But that, but that was like, I mean, that was kind of like, it was empowering at that moment, you know, but we know what colorism does to us. But like at that time, like I used to just get joned on so much. And I told y'all, like I was terrible, like a terrible get back and just being like my confidence was so low that, like you said about the girl thing, I related where you, it's like my parents would encourage me all the time. Like, boy, you're, you're nice looking. You got you got pretty white teeth and you got a nice fade and you got nice clothes. I had all these things going for me and still. I would always feel like, like, like on some SpongeBob shit. Like, I hope you don't mind my ugliness, sir. Type shit. Like, I, I would want to approach certain girls, but I'd be like, damn. But I'm dark though. She, she definitely. I'm, I'm definitely gonna be last on the list. Like, I, 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 I think that screwed me up so bad. I'm telling you, like, it stuck with me for so long. And of course, I mean, I've had girlfriends, plenty of girlfriends, and, and been with them. But like, if I had the confidence I should have had, I could have pursued the ones that I really, really wanted to. Like, oh, but man. I didn't have the confidence. Like, so I just, I was just happy to be here. Like, that, that was the, because of that, I was just on a happy to be here, happy to be chosen. And like, it's probably like some kind of complex with it. Where because of this, I felt like an unattractive person, but I wasn't. But I, I could could never feel like I was and I still be trying to like shake that shit like in a way like because people don't understand like how important it is like to yourself to feel nice looking so oh, that shit yeah, people do so not understand like, like oh man oh like, man bother you every day 100% I'm the same I can't wait to get my Badeers, nigga. oh man I'm, I'm here like oh boy <laughs> I nigga this, I need to hit man hollers <laughs> off a of wilding out nigga hook it man, up I don't care hook it up with the first big endorsement checks that come in from first with the dentist. I let y'all know now, fans. Oh yeah. But uh, uh But yeah, that was you know my what? I yeah. was mistakenly arrogant in that apartment. I've never really considered myself not nice looking, even though I don't I don't think I'm Denzel Washington. Either. Yeah. But I was never really uh I don't know, man. It never really I guess when once we start talking about girls and our experiences there that we get mm-hmm. Have an episode about that, but I ain't never. I, 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 I ain't saying that I had the baddest bitches or nothing. Yeah. I ain't saying that I, I, that either. But I just never really struggled with that and talking to them because I, I was always this being an only child to myself person. So most of the time, the girls that I like would gravitate me because I was quote unquote mysterious. Mm-hmm. I wasn't all like my. My friends was boisterous. Like my best friend, that nigga, like a room full of people he putting on the show. Mm. I was the one sitting over in the corner, and she would have to come talk to, and then you get that 
long term the, from deep Steph Curry shot with it. <laughs> but another insecurity that I thought of that played out long term as you were saying that, and I, just to put it out there in the story because I think this would be good content, I want to see your reaction to it. When we were even doing this, we talked about notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, like taking good notes and how I'm bad at that. And there's a stemming reason from it. It comes from insecurity. And I'll never forget this. I was in the fifth grade. I don't, did I tell this story? About my principal in the fifth grade? Mm-hmm. No, okay. So I was in the fifth grade, went to this school called Rose Park. We had this principal, a black guy. You already know my father issues, not having one in the house. <laughs> Oliver Smith, this nigga was like, you seen Lean on Me? <laughs> Once. This nigga was this nigga was that Joe nigga. Clark. He was boy, he was Joe fucking Clark. Nigga. <laughs> more clean cut. Not as brash, but he was firm, black man, powerful. I'm like, this nigga, I'm rocking with him. And he had the same last name as me, Smith. Wow. So I'm like, oh shit, I'm fucking with him, Oliver Smith. I still remember his name. Nigga. Yeah. So there was something happened in the school and he started calling people out individually because he was I almost want to say the the scenario was he was calling them out for them to like step up or do better because they were being bad in class they got bad marks something of that nature but I remembered him knowing all of the kids names that he called out they were black boys and it was because they were bad had been getting put out of classes maybe had bad marks in class whatever it may be I remember Travis Davis step forward these real names, by the way. Edric Doak, step four. I still remember the names. Edric Man, Doak, step four. Your memory like an elephant, boy. In, nah, certain shit I can just forget. But deep, <laughs> like you say, now that I see why this burns deep with me and it goes to the note-taking and I'll put a bow on it mm-hmm. at the end of it. But he's calling these people forward, calling them out. He used to have this little finger thing that he do. He point to you. <laughs> he point to you in your chest. he call you, little boy. You doing nothing. This, this, this little boy. And he'll say that. But I remembered him remembering those kids' names because they were bad. They acted, quote unquote, were the bad apples, the bad seeds. Oh, y'all got to come with me and I'm going to teach y'all how to act. I got to come down to my office. But what stuck out to me, not having a dad, powerful black presence in my life in the fifth and sixth grade middle school, which when this was, mm-hmm. he knew their names. I knew he didn't know my name. He didn't call me out right then. Like, I always, I know those guys' names and remember them because we were friends. I always hung out with them, but I wasn't ever as bad as them. I wasn't getting put out of class. Oh, yeah. I wasn't going to the office. I would go just up to the Just line. enough. They ain't got to call my mama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 y'all can't call my mama. My mama, like, she can't, because she ain't going for it. I lose all my privileges of being a free child out here if y'all mm-hmm. start calling my mama. They didn't give a fuck. They grew up in totally different households from me. But I say all of that to say, I remembered him knowing their names and showing them special attention because they were acting out or bad and I do remember how it felt that he didn't know my name and I called myself quote unquote being good what my mom wanted me to do Mm -hmm. so I wanted him to know my name I couldn't act out that wasn't my bad but what I did and what stuck with me from that point on and to this day I'm still bad at it I stopped doing my homework my mom wow. couldn't check it because she would go to work so she right. asked me about it oh you I mm-hmm. got it it's cool mm-hmm. so I relied on being because I'm, I'm not a dumb dude yeah. I have to toot my own horn here 
what I relied on was being smart enough to do it the day of in class right before mm-hmm. copying it from somebody or just not doing it at all because I knew they maybe wouldn't take it up but what that is now I see it was rebellion on the, being a good kid mm-hmm. I feel like that was what I could do to be quote unquote bad but I still try to compensate for it because I was smart enough to do it in class or not get in trouble for not doing it I would always have it mm-hmm. I had to copy it like I said but it's even resorted now like I hate doing homework taking notes we talked wow. about this pre-planning studying like that shit has stuck with me until then and the reason that I stopped like I said is because he didn't know my name and I was trying to get noticed by being what I thought was bad mm-hmm. and for me what bad was was not doing your homework I wasn't gonna yeah, get that was up enough yeah that was my bad it wasn't yeah. what them niggas was doing nah, nah, it wasn't what got them noticed getting put out of class but my bad was because again yeah. my mom wasn't there so her expectation was nigga you do this homework you make good grades cause if I work these two jobs and find out yeah nigga and you got everything you need in this closet all of that good shit mm-hmm. but you do what you supposed to do so yeah. again that was my acting out and I really did put two and two together as you were telling your story and as I thought more and more about the insecurities that it was I was insecure because black man of power I was impressed by yeah. wanting him to know my name wanting him to notice me like he noticed those other little boys yeah. first and last name they got to hang out with him even though it wasn't in a good context it was a bad context but mm-hmm. I didn't process it that way yeah. just from the lack of a male figure in my life so again, I started doing my homework, and that's making me an awful preparer. <laughs> so today. that caused like, procrastination, yeah, like procrastination, <laughs> preparation, mm-hmm. just doing stuff that I feel like I can get it done. And for me, it's really never about doing it; it's just mm-hmm. actually doing it. Like I can figure <laughs> the shit out. It's just sitting down and taking time to do it, and relying on the smarts not to do it last minute. But damn, yeah, that that's the story about insecurities and how that triggered with me and stuck with me. Yeah. Through 30 years of life I yeah. remember that shit Like it was yesterday I remember the nigga Had a gray suit on With a white shirt And a maroon Just top, like Calling the niggas forward and I'm standing there like I know you gonna call my name I've been I'm important I ain't been that bad But right Exactly You <laughs> gotta notice me yeah. No sir Did not And that stuck with me And that stuff is crazy And that's And and, and did, you know the thing is too And I, and I know we're about We're about to go ahead And uh, bring it to a strong, we almost got a part two out of this mother for real. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we're about two hours in, it's gonna be one of those Joe Rogan joints. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely Joe Rogan, classic Joe Budden style. But uh, like the, the the insecurities, like it's it's difficult because you think everybody knows it and they don't. Like they don't know your insecurity. So if they say something or do something, they don't know. Like most times they don't, unless you've revealed it, they don't know. And I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. Like I literally, as we wrap. I literally got to fighting with my cousin because of my insecurity. Like, well, we got into a push session in sixth grade, like trying to impress this girl named Kenyari in our class. She was she was thick in the mug in sixth grade. And she fat. I bet she fat now. Oh, she probably gotta be. Her sister was, so she she probably was <laughs> thick sixth graders, boy. All yeah, all boy, you was pushing it for real. The girl that was thick in the sixth grade is fat now. I promise you that. But you know, but like know. you Oh yeah, but but you know you you try to put on and do the extra. So I'm like, man, hey man, watch out! I'm sitting here because we both trying to sit next to her. So I like, I, he beat me to the chair, and it's, you know you can't. So I'm trying to squeeze in. I'm like, nah, move, man. I was sitting here, and me and him we best friends at that point. And he's like, nah, man, I was here. I said, man, move. And I think I like pulled him up out of the the the, the chair, oh, the, the chair slash oh. desk. 
So so he pushed me. I pushed him. Then he pushed me again. I'm doing all this because in my head, I don't want her to to choose the light skinned nigga. My cousins, I'm that's 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 how I secure. I was like, I don't want her to choose the light skinned nigga. He pushes me, but when he pushes me, I got pushed a little harder. And you heard that that death sound. I'm mad embarrassed now. Yeah, we ended up both getting sent to the office. I ended up crying and shit because I knew I was getting my ass beat. He was like, bro, you got calm down. I was like, nah, man, because I would cry like no baby or no shit. Like, I don't want y'all niggas thinking I'd be crying all the time either because y'all probably like, this nigga. (laughs) But I mean, but at that time, like, yeah, but anyway, so I ain't going to even go all the way. I shouldn't even share that part. But, uh, (laughs) no, I I get what you're saying. Yeah, but, but like those point of the story those insecurities do linger and they last around if you're not talking to yourself if you're not reassuring yourself first and foremost Mm -hmm. you're not going to be prepared for all the negative energy that you run into in the world have fun enjoy yourself of course consume the content that intrigues your mind but first and foremost to wrap a bow on the insecurity segment Mm -hmm. you need to start with yourself talking yourself up Mm-hmm. Reassuring yourself that you that nigga every time you walk out the door. Yes, sir. So, so. Homework. Yes, sir. Um, 6 a.m. in Toronto was where I was supposed to Bro, you were way wrong, bro. That ain't it. Bro, I no. Bro, I said 9 a.m. in Dallas. Oh. <laughs> I said this nigga like I, I even put it in the because you had it in the in the notes and then I adjusted it. I said you'll see it and. So, okay, I didn't even know it was a nine eight. So this nigga got to well the, without my homework sign from that then. And we know why I don't do homework now. It, 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 it makes sense now. It, it makes definitely sense. Definitely it, it makes I, sense. I listened now. to another one that says six AM in something. You talking about the five AM in Toronto? Song titles and shit. Well, that one was around the Thank Me Later era, but but you now you got this was two. on the care package. The one that I listened to was on the care package. Oh, okay. You might have to you may have to I YouTube this. I think I know you. Ah, uh, see, now you got me on YouTube listening to music and shit. Like you ain't on there for nothing else. Ah, <laughs> come on. I'm watching conspiracy theories and slave Man. shit. And black <laughs> I mean, yeah, but uh, well, we'll we'll, yeah, we'll put that in. We'll we'll attach that to it. But no, I, mean, I, I listen to what I got. Yeah, yeah. No, he was ripping. Tell you what, I'm I'm looking for what I would did listen to. Okay, okay yeah. It's probably five a.m. in Toronto. I think it was. Or even six a.m. in New York. Nah, that was on uh Nah that was on uh what was it the playlist or whatever? No no five AM in Toronto. Oh yeah, we he was ripping that. Yeah, but I it was just normal drink to me. Yeah, that was normal. I mean uh but I did check out uh I went back to the Crime Town Crime Town podcast because after you kinda gave me a little more info and Okay, it picked. It, it, oh, it picked up. It started to pick yeah, up. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. Because I didn't. I'm. I told you, like, like you are about the history. I'm never here for the racist shit. Like, that's not my bag of uh, entertainment. So, Crime Town season two. I'm still working through it, but it, it's definitely getting good. And I like the BMF reference. I think you hit it right on the nail. As far as like the the old the the. the yeah. Yeah, like yeah, I like that. So it yeah it it picks up and the storytelling now it all kind of ties together. So now I'm like okay. Alright, I'm, I'm in. You talking about being on YouTube? That's my favorite genre. Black crime, like those old <laughs> quarter, yeah. fish. Oh, that's your shit? All that, bro, I, I look at that shit all day. 100%. Okay. Uh, and then Counterpart, I checked that out last night. And again, great recommendation. 
Oh, I, you liked it? Oh yeah, I was How rocking. How far did you get? I, I just watched the, the pilot. One episode. Okay, cool. But it was but it was really good. Like I was in for concept it. I, fire, right? The concept fire, I think, and the the, the visual aesthetic of like the like director and, and how they shot it and it, it just feels really high uh, high end yeah, you know and we upper echelon with the uh you know with the with the with the, with the uh prestige. Con, with the prestige television like y'all find that out later but yeah so hey man i give you a plus on both of them man i appreciate it man. i definitely appreciate it i got a good one for you this week all right too um and you probably this is a, a long term a more long term project uh, and I, I think it was perfect for this episode But you can tell me if you tapped in Or what you thought Because it ain't a entertaining read Per se But it's a very informative read And it's called The Power of Your Subconscious Mind By Joseph Murray hmm. And that's where I even got the Talking to yourself thing from He's it's, He is talking about that first, your, he calls it your little voice and your big voice and the little okay. voice in your head and the big voice outside and everybody else gets to hear and how you need to develop that little voice to make your big voice more effective okay. and developing that little voice by positive talk reassuring yourself some of the stuff that I've been saying throughout this episode I've gotten from that book so it's called power of the subconscious mind and working on your subconscious to speak more positively and think more positively about yourself by okay. Douglas Murray excuse me Joseph Murray Power of what? Power of your subconscious mind. Okay. Actually, I'm going to spell that wrong, but mind. All right, my put on, I mean, my put on, listening to y'all all the time. <laughs> uh, my my um, homework assignment, I have got to find this. This this I just subscribed to this podcast, but now I, I can't find it for some reason. Uh so it, it's it's this podcast. Uh, I think it's they're they called All Deaf Squad or something like that. But it's a versus podcast, and so it's this group of individuals. Uh, they literally do episodes like, "Would you rather this or that?" And it's like always bad scenarios. It's black people, um, and they literally do like three different verses within it. Like not like this rapper versus that, but like scenarios. And like, bro, the most recent episode, nigga. Oh my gosh, this nigga on here. I, I, I don't know. I forgot what dude name was, bro. I was crying at work. Like people looking at me weird in the warehouse because I am cracking up. This nigga was going crazy. He just came off COVID. Nigga had his energy up. That nigga's jokes, bro. Oh my. What's, what's the? What were they talking about? So they had like so they they'll do like three categories of their verses. So like they'd be like, okay, the first one. Uh, would you rather like are you rather have sex with the lights on or lights off so they got females and males so it's like four of them or they have like special guests to jump in then they'll say would you rather have to eat chitlins with every meal or have to drink rings pop <laughs> like it'd be the most random shit but these are niggas like in the, you would think oh this ain't gonna be I ain't about to be here for it but when you want something where you like brought on my face. <laughs> trust me bro it's just one of those things where it's like, bro, sometimes you don't want something that has such a strong focus and meaning. And, and sometimes you just want yeah, some, some bullshit. Yeah, some lighthearted I, shit. And, that, and that's why I really enjoyed it. I'm like, yo, I finally found something that I can just listen to with no real like whatever. But they're going into it like they're getting in. You know what I mean? So it's called Versus. I think it's called All Death Squad. But I will definitely uh, send you that link. 
uh to it to check out that recent episode um so yeah that's that's my homework right there man for you i will check that out all dev squad right i think it's all dev squad yes but i versus yeah so i'll I'll find it to you to uh, find it for you for sure um that being said i am spike lou this has been another week in the books chapter six Mm -hmm. a conversation about insecurities got my man mo over there tell them where they can find you yeah y'all can find me man on instagram the underscore mar uh the underscore conceptual underscore mari's hunt and also y'all can reach out to us we definitely are welcoming communication here because that's what we're about at awitb 2022 at gmail.com which is basically the initials of the show another week in the books 2022 at gmail.com just the letters though yeah itb 2022 at gmail.com send us an email let us know what you think about the show questions comments go to the feed apple wherever you listen rate mm-hmm. subscribe and like yes, it goes a long way for independent podcasters like ourselves It's been another week in the books. I am Spike Lou. Appreciate you guys tapping in. We out.